0: Hello, everyone. This is Zach Geiler. Um, I just wanted to stop by and and say that uh, I know that we've been kind of hit or miss here the past few weeks when it comes to putting out uh, a fresh episode every week, and I want to apologize for that. We've been going through a lot of of difficult times. Um, As a podcast family, of course, you know that this is Luke's last episode for a while, and I had a death in the family last week that I had to take care of, so hopefully there won't be uh, too many more delays in the uh, foreseeable future, but I thank you for your patience and understanding during this time, and this is our long-awaited episode, our review of The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which we've been kind of uh, hinting at for a while, so I hope that you enjoy it, and I encourage you to stay to the very end of the episode where um, we're going to give you a sneak peek of what is coming next, uh, now that Luke has taken a little bit of a sabbatical. I should also mention that this episode contains the discussion, kind of, of... um, It has some mature topics in it. We try to handle it the most tasteful... Uh, way possible, but if you have small ears listening to you, this probably isn't the best podcast episode for you to listen uh, to around them. So without further ado, this week on Rotten or Righteous, we ask the question.
1: That's how we all ended up on this podcast together, isn't it? Satanic providence.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, let's do this. <clears throat> welcome okay. to Rot. I hate you. I'm so happy you're gone okay. for the next four weeks. You cannot wait. Okay. It's to be a beautiful month.
1: I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you? Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Rotten or Righteous. This is Zach Giler. I am a
2: poophead. I'm the blessed Scott Judge.
0: I hate both of you. Welcome to Rotten or Righteous, the only podcast that has heard that everything looks very, very different when you're looking at it from the bottom up, but we have no idea if that's true because we've never looked at anything any way other than from the bottom. <laughs> it
1: took me a while, but
0: now I understand. And that's true. That's yeah, absolutely. it is. With me today, as always, he got me out of bed to tell me how he's not tired. He's Luke Taylor. Hello. Along with Joseph
1: Smith on my new medical intake form, actually, I'm going to legally change my name.
0: Nobody knows what you're talking about. I haven't been recording since the beginning of this conversation, so you
1: see, you see, dear listeners, I am filling out my health intake form for my eye doctor. In case you wanted to know, which I know you did.
0: That's great, Uh, and of course I. Am a bottomless pit, and I keep on asking for more with that whining, grating Betty Boop voice. I'm Zach guyler Today,
1: wait, didn't you didn't introduce Scott? Did you?
0: Yeah, I did, didn't I? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's been it's gone for thirty-seven Scott years. <laughs> Sorry, Scott let me try this blessed. again. He
1: is here with us. He has shelter. <laughs>
0: And along with Luke, he wonders why I don't snuggle him. Well, maybe it's all that Goopy puts on. He's Scott Judge. (laughs) This week, we are doing what we've been promising for the last two weeks, and that is the eyes of Tammy Faye. We couldn't record it without Scott, because Scott is the only one who is so very old that he actually remembers who in the world... (laughs) Jim and Tammy Faye actually were. I had to write an entire history report just to figure it out that I'd turned around and recorded. I, 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 I it's Uh, it's a special thing, but, uh, before we get to it, I want you to wait just a little bit longer because I have some stupid news. I love the reaction to that. Thanks everyone for.
1: This just whole to, movie was stupid news.
0: Just continuing to be the safety net that makes sure that...
1: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome we got you. It's only been two years. I mean, you can't expect us to like be proficient podcasters by now.
0: Yeah, it's only been two years. Uh, today's headline reads, Woman Faces Felony Charges for Forgetting to Return Sabrina the Teenage Witch VHS Tape 20 Years Ago.
2: What?! To wear like Blockbuster?
0: The first thing... Blockbuster's not even around to sue her. (laughs) Karen McBride said, quote, The first thing she told me was felony embezzlement, so I thought I was going to have a heart attack, end quote. Karen. A woman in Texas received a nasty shock while trying to update her married name. She was a criminal for a crime she didn't even remember committing. In fact, she was guilty of a crime most people of a certain age have probably committed. Twenty years ago, she forgot to return a VHS tape. Karen McBride, 52, made the discovery during a trip to the DMV. The former Oklahoma resident had moved to Texas and gotten married and needed to update her information. I went to change my driver's license during this COVID thing. During this COVID thing, you had to make an appointment, McBride said. They told me that I had an issue in Oklahoma. McBride was mystified. She called the number that the DMV had provided and was connected to the Cleveland County District's Attorney Office. During that conversation, McBride was floored to learn that she was a wanted felon.
2: Off with her head.
0: Then she learned what, quote, crime, end quote, she had committed. She told me it was over a VHS tape, and I had to make her repeat it because I thought, this is insane. This girl's kidding me, right? She wasn't kidding. In 1999, someone had rented a copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in McBride's name from an Oklahoma video store called Movie Place. When no one returned the VHS cassette, charges were filed. According to court documents, (laughs) According to court documents, McBride was charged in march two thousand for felony embezzlement of rented property. The charges stated that McBride Shh. did willfully, unlawfully, and feloniously embezzle a certain one video cassette tape, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, of the va- of the value of <laughs> of the value of fifty eight dollars and fifty nine cents.
1: What? Wow.
0: McBride's outrageous was...
1: charge for VHS tape.
0: Right? McBride was stunned. Not only did she not remember ever renting the VHS cassette, but she didn't even like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. "'I've never watched that show in my entire life. Just not my cup of tea,' McBride said. Meanwhile, I'm a wanted felon for a VHS tape.'" McBride added, "'I mean, I didn't try to deceive anyone over Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I swear.'" As she absorbed the shocking news, it dawned on her how such a thing could have happened. In 1999, she had a roommate. Quote, I had lived with a young man. This was over 20 years ago, McBride explained. He had two kids, daughters, who were 8, 10, or 11 years old. And I'm thinking he went and got it and didn't take it back or something. In fact, the more McBride thought about it, the more other parts of her life seemed to suddenly make sense. In 1999, she had been fired from a handful of jobs. Her employers had never given her a reason. Now she thinks that her criminal background is why. When I or when they ran my criminal background check, all they're seeing is those two words, felony embezzlement, McBride said. Fortunately, it seems that McBride won't be a felon for much longer. The Cleveland County District Attorney's Office announced that they would dismiss the case against her. However, McBride would still need legal intervention to have the felony charges cleared from her record. Stories like McBride are an echo of an era long past. The store where McBride rented Sabrina the Teenage Witch closed in 2008. Blockbuster, once the largest video rental chain in the United States, closed most of its locations in 2014 after declaring bankruptcy in 2010. However, McBride isn't alone in accidentally keeping a VHS tape past its return date. And surprisingly, she's not the first person to face charges for it. In 2016, a North Carolina man got arrested for failing... (laughs) In In 2016, a North Carolina man was arrested for failing to return a VHS cassette he rented in 2002. The film, Freddy Got Fingered. That man was arrested after being pulled over for a busted taillight. The officer said, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's a warrant out for your arrest. Apparently, you rented the movie, Freddie got fingered and never returned it. I thought he was joking, said the man. <laughs> it just goes to show everyone should double check their closets for unreturned VHS tapes.
1: Wow so I, I mean, don't you have to steal a certain amount of money to be considered for it to be felony embezzlement or is it like the reoccurring charges like on the late fees that just add up to the point where you have stolen that much? <sighs>
2: it would probably have to be the recurring late fees wouldn't it
0: i don't know you
2: used to rent those things for what 99 cents a night no. or something
0: are you kidding me they were expensive yeah, they were really yeah new maybe, maybe they were like when
1: blockbuster was newer but like well not only that but when you
0: got to you have to understand too that the way that the vhs system worked back then was you would buy these vhs tapes for like they said 60 bucks if you were a video rental place and uh, you could run them out for $10. You have six rentals. Then, you know, you make your money back. But,
2: yeah,
0: it wasn't like it so is. What?
2: I it, don't I, Does it say what happened to this lady. Did she go to prison? No, I
0: mean, they, they, said the attorney, they said the district attorney. They said the district attorney throughout the case, but now she needed legal uh, uh, legal help to expunge the felonious uh, record wow. or felony off a record, which is has this ever happened to you? Have you ever went to try no. to do something only to find out that you had a record that you didn't know about?
1: No. I feel yeah. like this has happened to me, but I can't remember the specifics of it. It wasn't like a criminal thing. I want to say it was something at the library. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I couldn't get a new card or something. Because you, you probably
2: I, ordered all those uh, all those cassettes for a penny from Columbia House Records and then <laughs> didn't, didn't keep up your Cassette Sky. of the Month Club. What is uh, right. Columbia
0: House Records? <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs> Just making it up. this actually was called where you could order. Scott,
0: uh, I'm what? only yes. thirty. I was born in 1999 <laughs> uh, or 1991. I don't know.
1: <laughs> cassettes were never really a thing.
0: My first car I had cassettes,
1: a cassettes like in my very early years. My dad. My first
0: had car like had a uh, cassette player with. Uh, the Charlie, da- the best of Charlie Daniels band, stuck in it, and that's all you could listen to in that car.
2: Well, that's not <laughs> a bad thing. Think- no I went
0: to I went to buy a gun one time, and you have to go through like a big background check in order to do that. And they're like, "Oh, we can't sell this to you because you have a warrant out for your arrest." And I said, "What?" And then I called up. It turned out I got a ticket that I thought I paid, but forgot to pay it. So I did have a warrant, but huh. I just paid the ticket the next day, and everything was fine.
1: Criminal. I'm gonna I, have to tell your elders about that. your preacher is uh
2: oh you don't have elders.
0: <laughs> it's fine. In nineteen ninety
2: one the CBS records group was renamed as Sony Music Entertainment. Hold up, where is this at? It's been around since like nineteen fifty five.
0: I'm gonna cut um, this whole thing out. This whole conversation. No,
2: this is good.
0: No, it's not. You know, because nope.
2: if anybody if anybody over the age of thirty listens, they'll understand this. Nobody does. You can order you can order like CDs and cassettes directly from mail. Yeah, that's eight what CDs Amazon's for. A for. Penny, company files for bankruptcy.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah, you can um, get eight CDs for a penny. Or keep going. Okay, um, what's a <laughs> CD?
2: Whatever you wanted. I mean, um, they had all of them. It was, it was like you you get this initial thing, but then you've got to like buy so many each month. I yeah. asked the
0: I asked the question: What is a CD? Not what CD.
2: Oh, oh, what is a CD? Compact disc.
0: What's a disc? (laughs)
2: Had music on it.
0: What's music? You
2: know know why? You know why you guys didn't experience this because you weren't blessed.
0: (laughs) No, I was was blessed. Materially blessed. And in in ninth grade, I remember. No, in in seventh grade, I remember that you had to spend or you had to give a quarter to the secretary if you needed a floppy disk. That's where my generation was at. Right at the edge of the floppy disk era where they're like oh i need a floppy disk in order to do some to save some work and they're like 25 cents please and then you just had this weird f- plastic thing that broke 90% of the time cuz you actually sat on it wrong
1: <laughs> yeah and you had to you had to bring your work in on a floppy disk every once in a while like a powerpoint
2: or like a yeah man i forgot about that
0: ah good time see i
2: never learned that Ninth, ninth grade it was 8675309 and mickey she was so fine.
0: I have no idea what that has to do with putting a PowerPoint on a floppy disk and turning it into your teacher.
2: There was no PowerPoint when I was in ninth grade.
0: Well, you didn't have to turn in Mickey to your teacher for a grade. I guarantee that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was the songs. Hey, I tell you what, when I was in ninth grade, we had to go over to Mr. Olson's store to get a, a slate tablet to do my timestables on.
1: <laughs> I will say that that wasn't, I don't think that was... Before right. he was out by high school we were on the USBs. Yeah,
0: USBs, whereas the cool people call it Uzb. Um Uzb. Um this week we watched the 2001 dramedy documentary The Eyes of Tammy Faye starring Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker and Andrew Garfield as Jim Baker. Now, if you don't know who Jim Baker is, well then, listen to two episodes ago, I put out a whole little thing for you, so you can be up to date. But this movie begins like all good movies begin, with an old lady with too much makeup on, removing some of that makeup.
2: So while he's looking, Luke, if you had to wear makeup every day, would you go ahead and get some of it like permanently done?
1: I think I would be afraid to do that because, like, styles change, you know. So, not if you're Tammy some people Faye. Do, like eyebrows. Yeah, she just was gonna.
2: It was gonna uh, be her style.
0: I've kind of done this. I mean, I got my What's... wedding ring tattooed on my finger. Is that not the same thing? You just yeah. something you're planning on keeping uh, around for a yeah, while. It's...
1: I wouldn't say it's exactly equivalent.
0: But anyways, the old lady that's removing her makeup and she explains that she has her eyebrows permanently put on uh, about five-sixths up her forehead and her lips are permanently lined is Tammy Faye, an old Tammy Faye. This is her story. We are then transported back to a Pentecostal sermon in rural 1950s Missouri. And everyone's just feeling the spirit. Praise to the Lord. Sham a ding dong doodly. I said a hip hop, the hippie to the hippie to the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie. Say jump up the boogie to the rhythm to the boogie, the beat.
1: That's rock and roll, which was sin.
0: Now that was me sense. speaking in tongues.
2: Oh. Which is kind of cool because it didn't even need an interpreter.
0: I'm just proud that I didn't trip over that. I thought I was going to, but then halfway through, I was like, oh, I'm going to nail this. And then I got scared halfway through at the same time going up. I just jinxed myself, but I did it. But a young Tammy Faye, well, she ain't allowed to go to church because she's a reminder that her mama was married before and divorced. And if in the church done did find out that, well, then Tammy's whole family be kicked out of the assembly and Tammy's siblings would all burn in hell. This is literally dinner conversation that Tammy Faye hears
2: as to why she can't go to church. You can't be saved because your mama's a harlot. (laughs) Besides that, she's the only one that can play the piano.
0: But that night, before getting into bed, Tammy talks to her hand like a schizophrenic demoniac and says a little prayer. And God must have talked to little Tam, told her what to do, because next Sunday she walks straight up to the front of that church all the way up to the preacher, and spoke in the language of the Holy Spirit. She spoke that language so hard that she peed herself. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> you should become a televangelist, Zach. I think that's your calling. I think I you mean, could make quite a charismatic one.
0: All you got to do is make crap up. So, hey there, sinner. You got the cancer Riddle in your bones. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the reason why you've got the cancer. Oh, boy. Mm. The reason why you've got the cancer. Preacher, brother. Amen. The reason why you got the cancer. Mm-mm. Tell them about that cancer, brother, Skyler. The reason why you got the cancer because you haven't sent me $50. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, you Maybe make that $50 pledge. Today. Fifty dollar pledge, and God is going to forgive you and wash that tumor away. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sailing. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right down the river.
2: Mmm. <coughs> praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Um. When you send me fifty dollars, I'll have fifty dollars, and you'll have cancer. <laughs>
0: Time jump to Tammy Baker's Bible college days. She's sitting in a homiletics class when a young man named Jim Baker begins to spew some health and wealth nonsense, but Tammy is into it, and I mean really into it. So much so that she becomes a distraction and is reprimanded by the teacher for general harlotry-like behavior. Like wearing makeup. But Jim stands up for her in the most romantic way possible, by complimenting her breasts, by quoting the Song of Solomon.
2: Which, well, by the uh, way, how often did you do that in preaching school, Zach? You were all the time quoting Song of Solomon.
0: Did I, <laughs> how, often, how often in preaching school did I stick up for a woman who's being berated for wearing makeup and then complimenting her breasts because of the Song of Solomon? None. I can honestly say that number is zero, Scott.
2: No, how many times did you no
0: women quote
2: from Song of Solomon?
0: Uh, he, yeah, and women, Maybe you were
2: quoting to me and Josh, I don't know. Well of
0: course I was. The Song of Solomon is hilarious.
2: <laughs> you know, in this in this scene I thought it was what what was it he said? Well that well that doesn't sound like a very nice god.
0: <laughs> no, nope, he didn't say that.
2: Didn't what guarantee. what was it he said?
0: Well, he was talking about health mm-hmm. and wealth, and the teacher's like, it would be well for you to remember, Mr. Baker, that blessed be the poor. And he goes, well, that just doesn't sound very blessed to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take that passage and just stow it out.
0: So yeah, Jim uh compliments Tammy Faye's boobies, and uh, this naturally leads to a picnic on the quad, which leads to Jim admitting... To being or to wanting to be a rock and roll DJ and nearly killing a kid when he hit him with his car, which led to his ministry. Which, of course, leads Tammy Faye to start singing Fats Domino's Blueberry Field incredibly loudly as the two dance. Which leads to some awkward heavy petting and painful restraint. Something that I believe all Christian couples are familiar with in some shape or form. Which leads them to a quick marriage and dropping out of college. Which leads them to moving in with Tammy's parents. Which leads to Tammy giving Jim an awkward bubble bath on the back porch of her parents' house. I mean, you've heard this story a thousand times. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we' the coming girl. of age story of all Christians.
0: I, I will say, the thing that got me invested into this movie right away was the, um, the accuracy, I guess you could say, of Christian dating. Because as Christians, you're looking for a person to spend the rest of your life with, and then you get involved with a person that you really like, and then natural things come over. Temptation rears its ugly head. And you do have that moment that's like you sit there and talk being like, we can just go elope right now. We can elope in 30 minutes and take care of this thing we're going through right now. The courthouse <laughs> is open. We can go elope right now. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's one of the reasons why Kelsey and I got married so quickly like her parents and my parents wanted us to wait till I was done with school. But Kelsey and I knew that if we waited any longer, that temptation would, would become a little too much. And so we knew we were going to get married. So we just did it earlier. Yeah. So Tim and I thought we would have had a little conversation about, about Christian relationships and dating, how accurately (laughs) they portrayed it. But I can see that that's not going anywhere maturely. So let's just move on. Um, did you expect it to? <laughs> Yeah, I did, actually. It was something that I thought was actually worth talking about, but it's okay. Oh. I, I mean, mean how many... I mean, I just okay. like that, you know, I, it just goes from this wanton desire where you're going to stop. You're going to do everything in your power uh, to stop yourself, but you're going to get as close to the edge as humanly possible before you stop. So you're gonna be like i'm gonna I'm gonna do everything that we possibly can do as far as sex is concerned, without sinning without actually moving into sex and then oh, we gotta stop and that is something that I think a lot of Christians can relate to.
1: I'm pretty sure like all of them can, or maybe they just didn't care and they moved right on in anyway yeah, uh, I feel like the director must have had some some experience with this, maybe he grew up as a Christian. It was and then pretty well done. And it does
0: go straight into like that quick marriage, which then leads into just the most random, weird sexual encounters. I think like the first th- six months of a Christian's marriage is just fear- filled with just weird, oh, we don't have to stop now kind of vibes. So you just go at it like a bunch of rabbits. You really do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a... Uh... This, this movie is definitely interesting because it's like, you, you don't know what it's going to be. Like, is this like some raunchy comedy? Because there are times in like awkward moments like this where you're like, is this is this supposed to be funny or is this supposed to be like reality? Because it's kind of both.
0: Yeah, but even like the the sex scenes, I, certainly it's not for kids, but they never cross that line to where I believe that it goes to a place of, uh, a place where it's like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. You know what I mean? Like, it all fits yeah, it the gets, story, it, and it all does it well, and sex is a part of their story, and the way they tell it is a way that, you know, it's honest, it's real, it's kind of like going back to the Song of Solomon, it's like reading the Song of Solomon and understanding what Solomon is saying, it's a, a real relationship between these two people.
1: Yeah, I think they do it as tastefully as they possibly could have. You see the struggle.
0: And then, she's just trying to stir up his bath, to, or his bubbles in his bubble bath. That's all she's yeah. trying to do. She's just trying to mix up some bubbles. Because how can you have a bubble bath if there's not enough water to to mix them all up?
2: <laughs> Let me stir that up for you, Jimmy.
0: Uh, but, uh, you know, they're married now, but and they're living at Tammy Faye's house, much to the chagrin of her mom. but uh, They have a plan. They're going to become traveling evangelists. Jim will do the preaching, and Tammy Faye will do the singing. So Jim finances a dance. Well,
1: was that a thing back then? I mean, like, Scott, maybe you can speak to this better. Like, is that is that just like something people set out to do? I,
2: maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I could remember I went to a lot of gospel meetings in, in the 80s, you know. With... It's not really all that
1: much different than like what a lot of people do today. I mean, there's
2: plenty of people that are going
1: around like doing seminars and conferences mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that at various churches, and they do that full time,
0: mm-hmm. so uh...
2: Yeah, but I, I can remember in the 80s, I remember Jim and Tammy Faye well. Uh, uh, there
0: was a lot of Reverend puppets back Falwell. then. Now, keep in mind, we're not in the 80s yeah. yet. We're in like the 60s right oh, now. Oh, that's
2: true. This is 70s. I mean, my familiarity would have been in the 80s, though, kind of when PTL came to the end. But it was, it was running rampant through then.
0: Right, but here's the thing. Billy Graham. They're going to get this fancy new automobile, and uh, they're going to hit the road. Tammy, before they leave, channels her schizophrenia into puppetry. And before long, those two were just <laughs> out on the road preaching and doing puppet shows all over this great nation, spreading false teachings and blasphemies. And the church says amen.
2: Amen. <sighs> wonder if that's where the puppet t- shows originated, with Tammy Faye.
0: Uh, no, Scott. I believe puppetry was something that can go back all the way to the ancient world. You think Tammy Faye invented oh, puppets? really? Yeah. <laughs> You think Tammy Faye invented even, puppets? Even in religion, yeah, actually, what yeah. Um, actually, if you look at Revelation, uh, John talks about how uh, the puppets the false prophet is going to come and he's going to perform signs like call down fire from heaven and even make idols talk. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: archaeologists that have was dug- puppets. Listen to me. Archaeologists <laughs> have dug up or dug up different temples and dug up. They've dug them up. Okay, whatever they have. Yeah, dug. <laughs> That's dug up. They have dug up. Uh, uh, they have dug up various uh, uh, idols and, and temples to false gods where there is evidence that they can move their their idols with wires and pulleys and even really there's like hollowed out places underneath some of the idols where a priest of this false idol could climb underneath and make it sound like the the idol was talking so yeah puppetry Mm -hmm. went hand in hand with religion for eons
2: i did not know that
0: yeah i know You wouldn't have known it if you guys didn't shut up for a second and let me talk (laughs) because you don't (laughs) do enough talking
2: so is is it is it adultery is puppetry adultery
0: what? No. You you could, you could it's, be a
2: puppy adultery.
0: Uh but listen here. They're they're just getting started, they're getting some good reviews on their preaching puppet Palooza. And but wouldn't you know it that, that, that Jim does everything but but pay his car bill and the ding dang <laughs> thing gets towed and they're stranded outside a, a motel in North Carolina. But but don't you worry, none, because they get down on their knees and they pray. Hallelujah and uh, a producer right on of the sidewalk of GBN <laughs> just happens to recognize Jim from one of his <laughs> preaching puppet pollu- or preaching puppet shows and invites the bakers to do a show on Pat Robertson's GBN and people say satan isn't active in the world today
2: yep. yeah yeah I,
0: I, I, I never thought about this before but if if god can use providence to lead good people where he wants to go, can Satan use providence to lead the Bakers to GBN?
2: <laughs> Why not? I'm sure.
0: Scott, are you unwrapping in? Uh, uh
2: I am.
1: He has COVID. He needs his cough drop.
0: An Easter basket. I'm good, That's what man. it sounded I'm sorry. like? It sounded like the plastic around an Easter basket. That you're just like. I'm just gonna play with this for a little while.
1: What was your your What was your question about? Can Satan? Are
0: you- can, can Satan use providence? Because clearly, I don't know if this is how it happened. I don't know if Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker got down on their knees, holding hands, just going, Oh, I'm sorry for not paying the car bill, Jesus. Please forgive me. Oh, forgive me, Tammy Faye. I'm sorry for not paying the car bill. And then all of a sudden, the GBM producer's like, Well, how the hell? You're Jim Baker. You want to come do a show over there with Patty Robertson,
2: Uncle Pat?
0: I don't know if that's how it happened. But if it did... I, I would be hard-pressed to say that that was not uh, uh, satanic providence.
1: The providence of Satan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. I suppose it is. I mean, it sounds reasonable to me. That's how we all ended up on this podcast together, isn't it? Satanic providence.
0: Amen. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, he, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye accept that invite. When they start working at Pat Robertson's network, CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network, I think I said GBN earlier, which is, I don't think a thing. The
2: Gospel Broadcasting Network.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, there which, is a which GBN. is affiliated with
2: Churches of Christ. I mean,
0: <laughs> that's why I was I was confused for a while. Yeah, don't you know that Pat Robertson like, is a brother? And yes, mm, uh, dear listeners, ch- dear listeners, we are talking about that Pat Robertson. Yeah, it is that wrinkly prune of a person that you see on late night television, that Pat Robertson. He's still alive, hey, I didn't know but still alive. He's still alive, but Betty White is dead. That makes me sad. So mm. they're working there for a little while doing their puppets now on television, and Jim kind of just shoehorns himself into being the host of a new late night talk show, the 700 Club, which sounds like it started out to be pretty entertaining, but what has happened between when it started to what it is now. Because I tried to watch the 700 Club one time, and it's just wrinkly old Pat Robertson and a wrinkly old lady that just goes, hmm, every time Pat Robertson says something. And they just are filled with with complaints, and they talk about selling holy water from Jerusalem. I mean, this man had the Colonel on his show. Colonel Sanders Mm -hmm. was on the 700 Club. This show started out being like a Christian, you know, late-night talk show. I liked it. It was great. I watched a couple episodes of it in the past couple weeks. Not truly. I watched like the intros of one. I can't stand Jim Baker. He creeps me out. i will be honest. He creeps me weird. out. No matter what decade you're in, whether the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or even now, he's a creepy dude. He's a little bit more creepy hey, he- now.
2: The actor did a real good job, too, of, of capturing his creepiness. Because, I mean, Dude, he was...
0: The actor... Every Everybody did a great job in this. Did you know the mm, guy that yeah. plays Jerry Falwell is uh is uh, uh, Private Pyle from Full Metal Jacket? No. Yeah, I, did, I would never have recognized him in a million years, but oh. that's who it is. Not yeah, that I've ever they, seen... It, it, was,
2: it, was well, it was well done. And, you know, and they kind of had that televangelist... Look to their swagger, their, you know, their actions, their mannerisms, but it was it was well done. It was well researched for the mannerisms and actions of the of the uh, the real folks. But and they certainly Jim Baker, had
0: man, he was they, creepy. They certainly had a lot of video that they could have used to to do, yeah, uh, or to copy them. Now around this time, Tammy is pregnant with their first child, and she begins to feel left out because. Jim's off hosting the 700 Club while she's at home barefoot and pregnant, and she's just sitting still, and I'm just not one person that can sit still very much. I want to be out there doing things. That's what God wants me to do. He wants me out there singing with my voice. He doesn't want me to be here in this bed. I need to do something. Here, I'm here. So, I, I will say this. I think I could last uh, maybe two minutes in a room with Tammy Faye Baker or Tammy Faye Reznor. I think I could be in that room for about two minutes and then go, yeah, I'm done with you. You are probably the most exhausting human being I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. entire life. You're too much.
1: She might be kind of interesting to talk to.
0: For about two minutes. It's
1: to try to understand what on earth is going on in there.
0: Jessica Chastain deserves an Oscar, though. Because I've, yeah. I've watched Tammy Faye Baker, like I said, in preparing for this in the, the episode we did uh, with just me telling the history of the bakers. She nailed it. 100% voice, makeup, mm-hmm. mannerisms. She even sang all, her, all the songs, so it was cool. But uh, as she's at home pregnant, she asks God to open up some doors for her so she could find happiness and get back on TV because that's the most important thing in a Christian's life is to be <laughs> on TV. Months later, new parents Jim and Tammy Fay are invited to a cookout at Uncle Pat Robertson's house. He makes them call him Uncle Pat. Um,
1: <laughs> I have an Uncle Pat.
0: All I want so to do is to be successful that enough that people have to call me Uncle Zach. Hey there, Zach. Uncle no, Zach. it's 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 Uncle Zach to you. Thank you.
2: Let's. <laughs> it's, it's Uncle to my friends.
0: Uh, uh, but as they're walking into to the Robertson's mansion, they're blown away because, well, Jim and Tammy are the one that brought all this money in. Uh, CBN's been successful ever since the Bakers got on the show, and they've made Pat Robertson a success, and they're not getting any of the Skrilla themselves. But, of course, Jim keeps that secret because he doesn't want to make anybody angry, especially not Pat Robertson or the good Reverend Jerry Falwell, who's also at this, this barbecue. And the reason why is, is that, well, Jerry Falwell is a very powerful man.
1: This, uh, I, you know, I don't know what it was like back then, but this was kind of interesting to me seeing these, like, cr- almost like Christian celebrities where I don't know that we have, I mean, I don't know we have this, like, equivalence today because back in, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but it seems like these were, like, celebrities that were, like, widely respected mm-hmm. by... And like Christians today, I mean, you have Christians within celebrity circles, but they're not celebrities like outside of the Christian spheres.
2: Yeah, you don't you don't see today what it was back then, and I think I think part of that is that PTL, Jim Baker. I mean it it it, it, it was more than a black eye.
0: At this cookout, Jim is starstruck when he meets televangelist Jerry Falwell, and mm-hmm. uh, Tammy does not have that, that problem. As a matter of fact, as the, the cookout gets underway, Jim, Pat, and Jerry are all seated at this table talking, and Tammy's supposed to be at the, the wives' tables where Jerry Falwell's wife and Pat Robertson's wife is. She's like, nah, I am, I'm not having that. She just walks straight up to the guy's table, pulls herself up a seat very loudly, sits down, and starts debating Jerry Falwell on the issue of homosexuality. <laughs>
2: Get your woman in check. I, I love s- I love all people. I mean, first There's of all... Dirt just like the rest of us.
0: She had some good points. I'm just saying, there is a lot of... I believe back then in the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there was a lot of hatred towards the person, not the sin. So I'm not mm-hmm. advocating for homosexuality, but at the same time, I don't think we need to just go out there and be like, oh, God hates you! No, God doesn't hate them. He hates what they're doing. And I think Tammy Faye, at least in the beginning kind of understood that a little bit better than these other televangelists. But I, I truly respected Tammy Faye for what she did here, you know? Like, she's not going to just be shoved off to the side. She's going to, you know, get in the mix with things. She started this ministry with Jim Baker, and she's going to she's gonna see it through.
2: She certainly what wasn't was... intimidated by Falwell, as everybody else was. What was Falwell famous for? Like, I mean, I know he had Preaching. Like,
1: a university later on. He was a a televangelist. Televangelist,
2: yeah. He
0: he ran a Baptist megachurch in the South. So, Jim is horrified by Tammy Faye's uh, forthrightness. And uh, in one of the biggest bathrooms I've ever seen in my life, Tammy Faye's changing the baby and Jim comes in and he's just (laughs) like, what are you doing? You have, you really stepped your foot in at this time, Tammy Faye. And then Tammy Faye's like, Jim, what are you talking about? You're just as big and powerful as Jerry Falwell. You can be. All you need is a little Jim Baker magic. Uh, but no, she convinces Jim that he's just as talented as Falwell and he shouldn't be working under anyone. That they should be getting a piece of this uh, very lucrative Christian Christian pie, if you will. And so, sure enough, that's the kick that Jim Baker needs to start PTL. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Network. So, the next thing we know, we're celebrating PTL's five-year anniversary. This is Jim and Tammy's own network, and man, they're loaded. And as the years go by, they just keep getting richer and richer. Tammy releases several albums. Tammy Faye sings the hymns. Tammy Faye's Holy Shoes and Holy Spirit. Tammy Faye's Good gospel Groovin', Tammy Faye's. Um, you guys got any of these? On the Ritz? No, that's not a pun for anything religious, Scott or Scott.
1: So, what was what exactly is PTL? I mean, because they presented almost like it's like a like a late night show with a religious bent to it.
0: No, it was and a it was like, a television network. Like you turn on CBS, PTL was a television network. What did they say? It was the fourth oh, most popular television network in the country at mm-hmm. its height.
1: So is it kind of like um, TBN today, the Trinity Broadcasting Network, but like yeah. more
0: exciting, or like well, GBN is its own twenty-four hour network. You want to know how boring like GBN? Sort of been a little bit.
1: Different. Here's here's
0: some here gives you an idea of how just entertaining uh, televangelism is today. All three of us have been on a GBN at least once. They just let us on there We and talk. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, when we went up to Kenny's place. Was, yeah, were we, on, were we on
0: GBN? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, they save mine, and they play it every Sunday for, for worship service, but everybody else is normally just on there once, but they like mine so much that they just keep playing. I keep saying, I'll come and preach another one. They're like, look, you're never going to do better than this. You did it perfect the first yeah, so time. I, some,
1: I mean, what do we? why are we not tapping into that market? I mean, why do we not have... This market does
0: not exist anymore is why (laughs) it doesn't exist. Nobody trusts televangelism anymore because of the bakers. Is that why? I mean, they have such a horrible
1: reputation. I'm telling you,
0: Billy Graham is is one of the only Billy Graham, not his son, but the first Billy Graham died and he was the last true televangelist. He was like the dinosaur of that era he somehow was able to get through all of these decades without having his name scarred but even billy graham from like uh, uh where he was in the 80s to where he was when he died he saw a huge dip in attendance over the years
1: i was watching some of um billy graham's like old crusades when he like went to south korea and when he would like Sell out the Madison Square Garden for like t- fifteen nights in a row. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is insane." He went to South Korea and preached like a million people. They had helicopter footage of it. It was insane. I was like, "What? What world is this?"
0: <laughs> it was the world. But, yeah, he was before. I mean, that was that was Christianity BB before Baker. Before
2: <laughs> that before was, Baker. Uh, <clears throat> and after Baker, it's not good.
1: So it's like just all the trust broke down and. Yeah. No one wanted to listen to these people anymore. This, I mean, these guys just kind of seem like their own little Christian mafia over here doing all kinds mm-hmm. of shenanigans and getting and up Well, that's what it was. Rather...
0: It was Pat Roberts. Well, unless you could step on someone's throat in order to get ahead, which we'll get to in just a moment. So, PTL's going great. Uh, Sammy's releasing albums. Millions of donations are pouring in. Tammy gets her own show where she gets to talk to gay people about AIDS. It's all nice, you know. Um, now I appreciate this too because Tammy Faye was doing something uh, that we still are struggling with now, and that is I don't agree with her philosophy or her religion, but she was at least willing to tackle issues that some in the church today are still hesitant to to deal with, like like homosexuality, like sexual uh, or sexual problems later on, like you know erectile dysfunction and things, things that there's no problem with Christians using, but because we're so uptight and closeted about everything and we don't discuss it people just live miserable lives without knowing that they can get help for certain things and i, I appreciate her uh willingness to at least start talking about these things in public
1: i mean it was we, I, interesting that the way that they presented tammy faye and jim ba- well specifically tammy faye in this case as she was just like very simple like her thoughts were very like, they were not very deep. It was just like in the moment kind of thing. And it was, it's interesting your point that you brought up and how that relates to it. Cause she was just like, these are common sense issues that we deal with today. Why aren't we talking about them?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and everyone else was worried about like the deeper implications of this and how it would affect their audiences and, and relate to the, the larger Christian population. And she was just like, this is relevant. Let's talk about it. So like in some sense, her simplicity was bad because it, led her not really to think about what she was doing. and I. But in another sense, it was kind of refreshing in that the relevant things were discussed and she didn't think too deeply about, like... It, it wasn't all... Um, she wasn't hindered by...
0: She wasn't worried about ratings and money and everything else like everybody else was.
1: Yeah, in a, in a sense, yeah. I'd be interested well, to know if they were is... that, like, simple, though, in their thinking, because both, both her and Jim are presented as very... Very Jim's, simple. Jim, and yet Jim's they a snake this empire, so they couldn't they couldn't have been that simple.
0: Well, I think Tammy Faye's pretty simple. I do think that she was that she bought into her husband's teaching. I mean, for the very beginning he said that if God loves us, we're gonna be rich. So I think that she was going along for the ride. I'm not saying that she's innocent of everything. But I do think that she was going along for the ride. But Jim's a snake. He, he, he mm-hmm. knew exactly what he was doing. I'm not convinced that he was innocent at all. But I do think Tammy Faye was just this simple girl from Missouri doing her best to, to praise or to please God. She just was never taught actually how to do it. So everything seems to be going great. Tammy has her own show. Money's coming in. But behind the scenes, uh, the way Jim and, and PTL are, are handling the finances are constantly under scrutiny in the press. And the financial stresses of running this mega uh, church and this corporation begins taking a toll on Jim, and the bakers begin to drift apart. Matter of fact, it's getting so bad that, that Jim won't even snuggle with Tammy anymore. I mean, these are, people, these are people who are making bubbles in the bubble bath when they first got married, and now they're not even
2: snuggling. Now he won't even rub snuff. <laughs>
0: And uh, because she feels neglected, Tammy ends up striking up a friendship with a sound engineer in her studio, a guy named Gary. And Jim wrestles with his buddy on the floor.
2: <laughs> Man, that was, that was so awkward. Oh, Listen, was that awkward?
0: There have been rumors. Uh, when this was happening in real life, there was rumors about uh, Jim's uh, homosexuality uh, leaked to the press. Matter of fact, so much so that, and I mentioned this in the episode where we talk about Jim Baker. Uh, so much so that that what two scandals rocked the world enough for people to actually start looking at the finances of Jim Baker. One uh, was the rape, or the alleged rape, and uh, of Jim's secretary. And the other was the fact that, that Jim may be homosexual. Do you want to know what upset his audience the most? The fact that he might be homosexual. That's what really lit the fire under everybody. Not so much the rape uh, of this young girl. There was, a tempta-
1: there, was, there was a rumor that he raped the person, the that, secretary? Yeah, or? that he
0: drugged and raped his secretary and then tried to pay her off with uh, PTL money. While, while Jim Baker's wrestling on the ground with his with his buddies... That's the only mention of Jim Baker's perceived homosexuality in this entire movie. It's just that. And it was enough. Um, (laughs) It was,
2: yeah. It was, man, creepy, weird. You know. It was uncomfortable.
0: But uh, the friendship between Gary and Tammy actually grows into something of the worst affair I've ever seen portrayed on film. Not, not worst as in the most scandalous, just like the worst attempted affair I've ever seen. Uh, just like the, the whole situation. Because Tammy is, at this point, nine months pregnant with Jim and her uh, second child. And she doesn't want to, to have intercourse with Gary. She just kind of wants to sit on his lap and just move around a little bit. But um, her water breaks. Uh, while that's happening, on Gary's lap, her water breaks. But yeah, Gary ends up driving Tammy to the hospital, and Jim finally arrives. He couldn't get there too soon because he was on the air. Uh, but don't worry, they made the burst announcement on, on, on air, and lots and lots of uh, uh, money came in. Matter of fact, they're going to be able to build a whole new wing onto the PTL studios thanks to this little miracle, is a quote from Jim Baker. And uh, he sees his child, and then he's like, but there's something weird. Gary, why are you here? Which I don't, I don't get this whole situation or this whole suspicion because she spends every day, all day, in the studio making music with Gary for her albums. So why is it like so shocking that Gary was there when her water broke? To the studio
1: that one day, and there he, you can tell that he's like kind of suspicious, and then he sees this happen, and he's like, "I've Gary, connected the dots," and he Gary, probably you, has creeper, creeper
2: cameras everywhere. Should
0: pee your pants, Gary? Looks like you got uh, got some pee on your pants.
2: So let me ask you the question. Did you look? When he got up, did you look? Did you see? Is it dry? Is there stain?
0: What I color do you not, think a woman's see. water is? That it would leave a stain? It's hot pink, Scott. The whole crotch area. <laughs> when a woman's water break, it is basically acrylic paint that pours out. Yep,
2: you got it. Well, I'm going to find the I'm going to uh, investigate this a little, I little further. I would rather
0: rather you not, Mudbud. I I think for me and your search history, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so Tammy has her the baby.
2: Majority of women um, lose their sack of water after labor is already in full swing, but occasionally a woman's waters will break with a gush at the beginning of labor. Amniotic fluid is usually fairly simple to clean up and doesn't leave a stain. So again, Uncle Mm. Zach, you were correct. I I
0: would like to be like, oh, that's news to me. I'm never correct. But it happens every week, Scott.
2: (laughs) It's now happened once in three weeks.
0: All right. So Gary's there. Jim's getting all all mad (laughs) that Gary's there. And he's like, hey, Gary, I got my my wrestling buddy downstairs. He's going to take you back to Nashville. Because, apparently, Jim Baker can just send people out of the state of North Carolina. He's, he's powerful <laughs> enough that he's just like, bye-bye, Gary. And this, of course, uh, makes Tammy break down because Gary's like her only friend. And uh, the good news is the the baby was happy and healthy, and, and Tammy ends up leaving the hospital with a newborn baby girl and an Ativan prescription. Uh, but Tammy, of course, is depressed because she got caught in an almost affair. But uh, before long, Jim agrees to forgive Tammy for her almost affair if, and this is the part where I wanted to punch Jim Baker right in the ding-dong as hard as I could, he said that he would forgive his wife for her near affair if she uh, asked for forgiveness on air. Good job, Jim. Knowing that the spectacle, which would cause more pledges to come in, which would help fund PCL's growth and finance. Jim's Bible theme theme park, Heritage USA, which he built He's a and snake. was the third most popular theme park attraction in the eighties, behind Disney World and Disneyland. Really? Yes,
1: it was a success.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yes, no, I'm being serious. When it first opened, it went. Disney World, Disneyland, Heritage USA, the three most successful parks in America. So, PTL keeps growing, and but unfortunately, so does Tammy's dependency to her antidepressants. So much so that before long, Tammy actually overdoses. And as she's recuperating, or as she's trying to clean up her life and recuperate, That's uh, around the time that Jim Baker's affair becomes public. Now, I say affair. What I really mean is his drugging and raping of an innocent woman um, becomes public. And then uh, everything just kind of hits the fan when everybody starts looking at PTL's books. Turns out that Jim Baker is not a nice guy. Shocking, I know, especially how he treated his wife uh, just a few uh, scenes ago. But it turns out Jim Baker has been embezzling funds from PTL. He's been s- or selling uh, more shares to his park than he actually has room to accommodate the shares that he's selling. Well, basically, it boils down to this: he's selling uh, he's selling high high priced memberships to people. If you pay this membership. Uh, you were supposed to be able to go to Heritage USA whenever, and you were guaranteed a suite in this big hotel that he was building. But the turn, but the the problem was he was selling more hotel r- or more hotel than he actually had. So he was having all this money coming in, but he could never keep up on the promises of that. And when that was found out, uh, they started looking at his other books and how he has been using uh, church funds for his own personal needs and so on and so forth, and this all snowballed to the part where everybody's not trusting Jim Baker because he's a rapist. I'll say that again because people keep forgetting about that and he's still on TV today. Jim Baker is a an accused rapist. Jim Baker, uh, according to accusations, raped his secretary. Jim Baker, according to accusations, drugged and raped his secretary. Where is cancel culture at on Jim Baker who allegedly raped and drugged his secretary? How is he still he on TV? Technically, been
1: canceled.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. Who
1: airs his show? Is it like TVN or is it like just? A, I know he has a YouTube channel.
0: He was like on some different affiliates. Like cable channels have their own little like weird like channels that you can watch. He was on there mainly the the Dish Network and um, and DirecTV covered or aired his shows uh, on a specific channel. So when he
1: got, he went to jail. Did he go for that rape?
0: No, he went to jail for or embezzling. The
2: embezzling.
0: But before he goes to jail, good old Jerry Falwell comes up to Jim and says, "Hey man, why don't you just let me take over PTL for a while? Just you know, just till the heat dies down, and then of course you can come back and and get your get your 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 show back and your notoriety." And Jim's like, "Would you do that for me, Jerry? Man, you're such a cool guy." jerry falwell and he's like sure thing jim baker everybody needs some help now and then oh by the way mr jim baker i'm jerry falwell and uh i really want to take care of you during this time so why don't you go and write down an itemized list of all the money you need to survive you and tammy show write down this itemized list of all the money you need to stay afloat and we'll make sure that you get taken care of Oh boy, mister Jerry Falwell, it's me, alleged rapist slash slash date rapist, uh, Jim Baker. you're telling me that that you're gonna you're gonna pay pay or keep us above water during this trying time? Oh, oh mister Falwell, oh you're just you're just absolutely wonderful. You're the opposite of mister Potter I'm slowly turning into uh, uh it's a wonderful life here, I'm realizing. Uh mm-hmm. and so Jerry Falwell's like, sure thing, bud. And so he gets the itemized list. And then Jerry Falwell immediately goes on the air and reads it aloud. It just is like, yeah, these people want hundreds <coughs> of thousands of dollars. Doesn't sound like they're too repentant to me. Which basically is just like the final nail in the Jim Baker coffin. Nobody's going to want this guy back again. And then he's indicted on embezzlement and thrown in prison. And in prison, he mentions this is the first time that he ever read the Bible all the way through. My favorite scene in this whole movie is when they're walking out of the courthouse and Jim Baker's in handcuffs, being led to prison. He's just crying. Just crying his stupid, alleged date rapist eyes out. I didn't do anything! I didn't do anything! (laughs) That's my background on my phone. Andrew Garfield playing Jim Baker, crying as he's being led out of the courthouse. Uh, And while he's also in jail, he renounces his doctrine of health and wealth stance, and Tammy Faye divorces him. And Tammy Faye loses everything. She doesn't have a husband. Her kids are all grown up. She doesn't have her fancy house her fancy clothes anymore. She loses absolutely everything and is living in like some ratty apartment in LA. Nobody cares about her anymore, nobody wants to hear her sing. Why would anybody want to hear a a woman who's permanently tattooed to look like a clown up on stage sing? (laughs) But, despite all the rejection, she's given one invitation from her alma mater to come and, and sing a hymn during one of their concerts or celebrations or whatever. And Tammy Faye accepts this. And the movie ends with her singing a song that I can't remember right now. Really? No, she sings Battle Hymn of the Republic, doesn't she? Yep. Yeah. The movie ends with her singing Battle Hymn of the Republic Pro- and it keeps flashing back and forth between what's actually happening on stage and she was a good singer. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a little campy and, and 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 cheesy, but she 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 could carry a tune. But it was just this old lady in a wig singing a song. But in her mind, she had, like, a backup choir of 100 people behind her singing and and lights all over the stage. For a moment, she was back in the spotlight, praising God with her whiny, grating Betty Boop voice. And the movie doesn't so the say Baker this. The Baker
2: show is on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm cutting you no, off. Go ahead. The movie I doesn't apologize. say
0: this, but her story ends with her dying of breast cancer and, like, the early odds or the odds.
1: I I heard you, but I'm I'm researching Jerry Falwell and his stance on the Teletubbies. Uh, but anyway, Jerry Falwell, he
0: did you know that we were? do you know that we're doing a podcast about Tim and Tim and Jim and Tommy Fay Baker and not Jerry Falwell right now? Yeah,
1: who he is intimately connected with, so they must also view the Teletubbies in the same light. Uh, He condemned Tinky Winky as a goal or as a uh, gay role model because.
0: Upside down triangle on his head.
1: Triangle on his head, which is apparently some gay pride symbol that I've never seen. And he also carries a magic bag, which is very similar to a purse. Don't we all? Falwell condemned him. (laughs) Tinky Winky excommunicated.
0: Yeah, Jerry Falwell Falwell, is a moron. He can't. He kind of seems like... The worst person ever? I,
1: I want to know if... Yeah, I want to know if like his uh, his betrayal of Jim Baker was as dirty as they made it out to be, because he made it look pretty dirty.
0: It was. <laughs> I mean, I'm, only... I'm, t- I'm telling you, I did the research. Well, he assets. drove... Jerry Falwell drove PTL to the ground on purpose. He bankrupted the company. He... He spread rumors of Jim Baker's homosexuality. He did do that whole "Hey, give me the, uh, give me what you need to survive and pay your bills" thing, and <laughs> then he read it on, read it aloud, and he did call Jim Baker. And I kind of agree with this: uh, the biggest scab and cancer on the face of Christianity in the past two thousand years. At the end of the day, I will say that uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye is a fairly good movie. It's a good watch. It's a good movie yeah, well worth and, it. you know, it's like I said, it deals with some mature subject matter, but it does it in a way that isn't gross. I don't think there's like one swear word in the entire movie. Um, and while it deals with sexual situations, they never do it in a, a graphic way. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. If you have any interest in Jim Baker and Tammy Fay Baker in the era of televangelism. That give it a watch; you might find it entertaining. If anything, Jessica Chastain knocks it out of the park. She was she was great in this movie. For rotten righteous, I am Tammy Fay.
1: I'm Boots Smith. I am still Joseph Smith,
0: and I'm Luke Taylor.
2: We're gonna miss you, Luke.
0: And I'm Spartacus. i you do. Um,
2: I'm I
0: could give a fart. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, but before we go, back in the Wild West, there were three cowboys who were about to be hanged for stealing cattle. The lynch mob brought them up to the bank of a nearby river and planned to string them up from a branch that hung over the water. That way, uh, when the men died, they could just cut them down in the river and they'd float away. The mob put the, the noose around the first cowboy neck, but he was so sweaty that he slipped right out, fell into the water, and swam away. When the mob strung up the second cowboy, he also slipped out of the noose and got away. As they pulled up to the third man and, and, and put the noose around his head, he hesitated and said, Hey guys, can you tighten that noose up? I can't swim. Oh,
1: jeez. Would you rather be hung or drown?
0: Yeah. I think
1: I'd rather drown.
2: Oh, can you tighten that up? I can't swim. why you didn't like that one, Scott? I did. I did.
1: Do they have a chalkboard behind their pulpit? Oh,
0: of course they do. Maybe this is. Of course <laughs> they do, because believes that whiteboards are just a little too flippant. You know, it's a little That's too a fancy little schmancy.
1: The, uh, the you know you could become less than sober off of the fumes that come off of those are dry erase markers. So
0: well, here's the thing, though. You gotta, thing, sober though, you gotta two, use chalk. Two gives credit when he first got there he wanted to put in just like a big pile of dirt that he could bend down and write in when he was preaching. But uh... <laughs> 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 <coughs> that,
2: that was a good nay <laughs> nay we, we we found an old we found an old chalkboard from a school that was torn down
0: and now here's a sneak preview with the stupid thing Rotten or Righteous is going to do next. We started a podcast last year to review movies that is clear. They were supposed to be faith-based, but we kind of got lost on the way. Now we're reviewing M.A.S.H. Yes, we're reviewing M.A.S.H. That old show from the 70s watched by your dad. We know this probably isn't smart and, well, I should have stopped it there but Scott insisted we do something for people with mostly gray hair. Why are we reviewing M.A.S.H.? Oh, I can't believe reviewing M.A.S.H. This song was another poor choice on my part yes this song was another poor choice on my part review in mash, review in mash